since I started this journey with There's a Workshop for That. Time really has flown by. If you told me a year ago what this podcast would become, I might not have believed you. So the first thing I want to say is thank you. Seriously, thank you to each and every one of you who listens. Your comments, your interactions and your loyalty have kept me going. Because let's be honest, Podcasting isn't easy, it's hard work and it takes a lot of perseverance. So knowing you're out there listening means the world to me. I also owe a big thanks to my guests. You've been incredibly generous in sharing your experiences and wisdom with all of us. Your contributions are what make this podcast special. We've had 30 episodes in a year. That's more than one every two weeks, what was my plan. But since I've been traveling, I had great conversation with people I met on the way and decided to add bonus episodes, which were recorded face-to-face. -face. Like the one with Agnes K, head of growth at Leave It Hub in Bali, talking about co-working spaces, Or Florian Jacques discussing Midstay, his platform for digital nomads and company team retreats. Then there's my friend Laura Duchatelet, who I met for the first time in Bali and who shared her own facilitation experiences. And let's not forget Jörg Winterhof, who talked to us about AI design sprint in the garden in Bali. It was amazing. And then a list of guests from the four corners of the world that I myself look at with a great deal of gratitude. Big names in design thinking, such as Michael Leverick, author of bestsellers such as The Design Thinking Playbook, or Stefano Mastro-Giacomo from Switzerland, co-author of the book High Impact Tools for Teams, published by Strategizer. And big names from the world of facilitation, Douglas Ferguson, founder of Voltage Control, Pedram Parisman, co-founder of the Skills Lab, and Brittany Bowering, a facilitator I admire, full of humor and creator of peak moments that I was able to experience myself in one of her workshops at the Facilitators Connect retreat. Speaking of Brittany, I hear she has a question for me, so let's listen to it. Hello, Natty. This is Brittany. I would like to congratulate you on your wonderful podcast. Congrats. So cool. Um, and I have a question for you. So you have now spoken to so many people in depth about all kinds of workshops, as well as, of course, you've spoken to many, many different facilitators. And so I have kind of two questions that I'm going to stick into one question. First of all, what would you say is the most important quality or skill to have as a facilitator? And then secondly, I want to know what's the one thing that you think a workshop needs in order to be successful. So it's like, what's that one secret ingredient? Obviously, there's lots of things that it needs, but I want to know like, what's the one thing that you think kind of runs through all of the workshops that are awesome. Okay, 
That's my question. Thank you. Hey, Brittany. You really got me thinking. So if I gotta pick one top skill, it's gotta be this mashup of active listening and asking the right questions. Why? Well, clients often don't even know what they don't know, right? You know, <laughs> that first chat you have with them, super crucial. You gotta read between the lines to get what they're really asking for. And this is not just a one-time thing. It's the same story when you're onboarding folks for a workshop or absolutely crucial on the workshop day. Through active listening and reframing the worlds of the participants, you help them reformulating their thoughts and through questionings, you guide them to deepen their thoughts or think from another perspective. So that would be the one. But hold on, I've got... Another one I can't ignore, being yourself, authenticity. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, just be you. I can't stress this enough, and this is what I tell to the person I coach. Just the other day, I was the only woman in a room full of CEOs in a really conservative field, I would say. Could have been intimidating, it was, but I took a couple deep breaths And it was just me. Um, even kicked off with, I am the only woman in the room and I have to set this question, is anybody here allergic to pink? And yep, got them laughing and set the stage just right from the beginning. So, And it worked. So don't change who you are for anyone. Your real self is your biggest strength. Our second question, Brittany, the secret sauce for a killer workshop. I would say definitely rhythm. I'm talking about a rhythm that you can dial up or down based on the room's energy and you have to prepare it before. Starting with a hook or a icebreaker, as some, um, some of us are calling it, something to snap everyone to attention. Then you need activities that seamlessly flow into one another. Don't forget those peak moments your participants will chat about long after the workshop's done and some quiet reflection time at the end where participants digest what they've learned and accomplished. It's like composing a song. You need highs, lows and a beat that keeps everyone engaged. That would be my secret sauce, the rhythm. My first guest on the podcast was Andra Stefanescu. And what a way to kick things off. This woman has such a knowledge about neuroscience and she brings that wisdom straight into her facilitation. Can you believe she ran over 200 workshops last year? And if you're hungry for more of her insights, she's got this newsletter, Team Flow, you can find on Substack. She's my go-to for advice, my sparing partner in this world of facilitation, and she has a question for me. Hi, Nati. Andra here. I would like to say thank you for all the work that you do with the podcast. I listen to every episode and I'm enjoying it very much. And I'm also grateful that I was one of your guests. So thank you so much for that. I would like to ask you a question that stayed on my mind for a long time about your previous experience before you started with workshopping. You know that I 
really appreciate your work as a worshiper, and I also do appreciate your work as a singer, as uh, most of your songs are on my playlist, even for workshops, because I found some of them very inspiring for the collection of ideas, for example, for ideation. And I would be very curious to know what do you bring from this singing and uh, band experience, stage experience to your workshopping? What are the skills that you bring there? Because we all come from different areas of work, arriving in the facilitation area. And for sure, there's something to learn from that area where you come from as well. So, yeah, I'm very curious about that. Thank you. Wow, Andra, you put this on the table. All right, let's clear the air here. While music and singing are passions of mine, they've never been my day job. Before I got into facilitation workshops, I was a consultant in organizational development. But yes, it's true, music has always been a constant in my life. I would say 80% of my free time, long time, for a long time. So, how does my music background play into my workshops? Um, well, think about it like this. A concert and a workshop aren't too different when it comes to prep work. In a concert, the audience only sees the final act, not the hundreds of decisions and rehearsals that go into it. The set list, the transitions, the teeny-in-the-moment interactions between musicians that seem of the cut but are totally planned. Even the encores are prepped in advance. My approach to workshops is pretty much the same. I put in the groundwork to make everything run smooth as silk and um, I do have every time a plan B if an activity is not running or if I have to change it to another one. I really plan the rhythm of the workshop i really try to keep the energy of the audience so yeah I, i think i have this from from all the rehearsals and concert i had in the past and i'm very happy that you have my music on your playlist andra thank you Andra also gave me some very good advice on contacting experts in visual thinking for example such as Charles-Louis de Maier, who showed us the magic of giving new perspectives through drawing. We talked um, in the episode we had together in particular about the drawings in the book of The Little Prince. I really loved that chat. Andra gave me also the advice to contact um, Manuel Grasla, a playful thinker who is really a positive mind and so passionate about what he does. He trains facilitators in specific methods such as uh, Lego Serious Play and Playmobil Pro. And Manuel also sent me this question. How have you personally grown throughout this journey and interaction with all the facilitators on your show? Thank you very much, Manuel, for this great question. I learned a lot from every person I met on the show. Um, I mean, I learned from you, for example, Manuel. You sent me the Lego kit uh, after our recordings, as well as uh, your 
super playing cards you developed and um, just after that I used Legos in uh, my next workshop. I organized with a team that needed to clarify their roles and responsibilities and I loved it. Um, this is one thing that I learned from you. Thanks to Axel Van Kwaye, who was on the show um, in April, I guess, uh, and wrote the book Start to Draw. I've finally realized that I don't need to be an artist to make good hand-drawn visuals for my workshops. So yes, I've picked up techniques and good advices from each on the show. But um, what I've learned on my journey over the last few months is that Every facilitator has a different background. This is my first question every time in each show. What is your background? And everyone has a different background, a different experience and a different way of doing things. So we are all unique and we have all our signature. Um, maybe our way to do things, maybe um, our personality, maybe our brand colors or whatever so even if we tend to compare ourselves we should not forget it and as I realized this it was really good to me because I thought I need to know all the techniques I need to know everything so I tend to get all the course about everything and I was overwhelmed from too much information and I needed to pause and to say okay what is my unique thing that um, that nobody has, and um, I guess it must it's my French accent. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I I try not to compare myself. I'm always very happy to have people who are doing completely different things. Um, I'm always very interesting in it. And But what I've learned of my journey is that I have to find my own way, my own signature. And I, for me, it's also helping others to find their, their own uniqueness. Over the past year, I've, of course, enjoyed every discussion with my guests. But what I didn't expect was all the interaction I've had with the audience and with the people who follow me on LinkedIn. If I look back over the last 12 months, I honestly have no clue how many people have interacted with online. Those who have given me feedback via LinkedIn, those um, who reach out for a 15 minutes or 30 minutes call, I I should have made a list. Maybe I should make a list for next year. Um, besides, I still haven't understood why I don't receive messages directly from podcast platforms. I'm going to have to fix that problem. Aha, if anyone knows, <laughs> contact me. So here's some feedback and questions that come directly from you, the podcast listeners and LinkedIn followers. I've realized that I won't be able to answer all the questions in one episode, so I'll be answering unanswered questions from today in future episodes and maybe on my LinkedIn profile. But here are some of them, and thank you for that. My name is Murray Cowan, and I live in Northern Ireland. So it's an easy one for me to say how I discovered uh, Natty's podcast, 
uh, because I had the great pr- when she decided that she was going to pursue this podcast as a as new idea to complement her uh, amazing facilitation. Uh, so and I've followed it ever since. It's been a joy to see how the podcast has grown. Why do I listen to it? I, well, I listen to it because the range of guests is such an amazing range from really different backgrounds with fantastic stories and Natty is such a natural, warm and easy way of getting them to open up and uh, and share really valuable insights that uh, that help me in my own practice and uh, professional life. What I really like is the range of people that actually that I know, which has been good, uh, but also an increasingly diverse range of amazing, inspirational uh, guests from not just the world of facilitation, but adjacent areas uh, such as Brittany Bowring and uh, and Jake Knapp. It's really incredible to see Natty uh, develop to attract that kind of uh, that kind of ho- uh, guest. The one episode that sort of sticks in my mind, well, there's many, but the one that sticks in my mind is the one with Javier. Um, partly because, or mainly because, uh, Javier and I worked on a community uh, facilitation event uh, earlier last year. Um, and actually, if it wasn't for facilitation, uh, we would never have connected. We're from completely different sides of the world, uh, different nationalities, uh, and to some extent, different professional interests. But it was really great to connect and see Javier with so many different perspectives on uh, different issues and uh, his own ideas for how we would design activity. It was a real joy to to work with Javier. So I really loved that episode in particular, and I got to know so much more about him that I, that actually I had never really uh, got to know when we were just working together on a community event. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to know is uh, how Natty is able to continue to attract such a fantastic lineup of really inspirational guests. Uh, the guest list just came with uh, so much uh, growth and the amazing content and insights that the guests share and Natty is able to extract. So that's it. Thanks, Natty. I wish you all the success uh, for the next year, at least, of, uh, of amazing episodes with uh, brilliant guests. Oh, this feedback touches my heart. <laughs> Actually, I choose to become active very quickly in communities of facilitators. They are full of talent. And it was through these communities that I started inviting facilitators Over time, I've broadened my horizons thanks to the podcasts I listen to myself, the people I follow on the networks, the books I read and the recommendations I get. So I try to have a variety of guests in terms of themes, methods, whether they are beginners or experienced authors of books and also in terms of gender, men and women. Um, I also try to cover events such as facilitation retreats that happen somewhere in the world. And um, how do I reach the people? Honestly, I ask. Um, I love networking and I try to keep it simple and pretentious. I just ask. I just ask. I genuinely grateful that people respond. Frankly, for some people who I'm really like a fan of, I was super excited and I had to stay cool, take a deep breath before I started recording. But there you have it. No secret sauce, just simple, personalized invitations. So my name's Angel. I come from the UK up in the north in a place called Sheffield. So 
I've been following Natty for a while. I've been so impressed by her journey and some of the posts that she's been putting on LinkedIn have really resonated in terms of the journey of um, moving, investing in yourself and developing your own business and spending crazy shitloads of money on stuff. And what I like is that she's really open and honest about things, but I would know about the downtimes and what kept you going and what really motivated you at the points where you were ready to give up and who inspires you. The downtimes. There was some I can tell you, but I think that's normal. I've been employed all my life in companies which means that people knew me I knew the companies and my colleagues I had a salary every month Um, I absolutely knew what I was doing Um, I didn't even wonder how the marketing was done how the bookkeeping work was done and these are things I had this year to learn on top of the workshops with my clients, on top of the podcast, and while I was traveling with my backpack in Asia. So sometimes I have to say it was a lot. What you have to do in a situation like that is surround yourself with the right people. And that's what I'm very blessed with. Uh, I have good friends, a supportive family, and I have gained an incredible family of facilitators, which with people I could contact whenever I felt unsure of what I was doing. And another key is never forget why you are doing what you are doing because the intention in what you do is what keeps you doing it and makes that even if you have bad days, even if you, if I sometimes ask myself, why I am doing that who is listening (laughs) Uh, and then you know if you continue if you yeah you be constant and then you get one message from someone who said oh I was listening to your podcast and it was really uh, a highlight for me because this this and this or a nice message on LinkedIn so you see with the time the impact that it has on people and that it is helpful and that they enjoy it and only for this feedback it's <laughs> for me this is what um what comes for me when i really is egoist actually i'm I, I think i'm doing this for the others and at the end i'm doing this for myself <laughs> does it make sense i don't know what inspires me oh my god A lot of people, honestly. Um, In the world of facilitation, of course, I admire facilitators like Brittany for her authentic way and uh, how she uses humor in everything she's doing. I admire Miriam at Hadness, um, the host of Workshop Works, and I really hope to have her on my podcast in the next months. I'm really inspired by people who are trying to do new things like my friends Catherine Shepers and Michelle Howard who did an incredible facilitation retreat this year in the Netherlands. Even though they started from scratch, even though they didn't have a whole marketing team to work on it, um, they did it and it was great. Um, yeah, I, this is in the world of facilitation, but I also admire a lot of people who 
weren't happy with their life and who made the necessary changes, even though it was hard work um, to do what they wanted to do, to find out what they wanted to do, because this is the first step. Um, during my travel, I've met parents who traveled the world with their children, people like me who quit their jobs and went freelance to travel like me. So, of course, we support each other. I think the key is not to isolate yourself and to connect with people like you. And then you all grow together. And this is really the super nice thing. Hi, Nadi. It's Katrina. I'm so intrigued and inspired by your dedication to this. Is there anyone in the world that you would love to have on your podcast? Like if you had to name top three people that you'd like to interview, who are they and why? Oh my God, there are so much people I have on my list I would love to interview. Um, I wanted to interview the guy from PipTech because... I think it's it's so good what he did with all the workshop tactics and storytelling cards and but uh I couldn't have him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, but it's okay. Um I mean I had three persons from the Beta community Jakob, Anna Maria, community manager, Rachel Davis, who is also doing so much for the community and um I really enjoyed these folks and I would like from Butter to have also Said. Said is doing so much crazy, incredible things uh, with his creativity. So I hope to have him on the podcast in the next months. Um, as I said earlier in the podcast, I would like to have um, Miriam, the host of Workshop Works because she did such an incredible ecosystem around her podcast and I really admire it. I was, <laughs> I have to admit, I was comparing myself with my little podcast and I was thinking, wow, she did such a thing. But but she's doing this in so much years and, um, and it's really, really good made and um, I would li- love to talk to her. Um, Priya Parker, uh, the author of The Art of Gathering, I would really like to interview her. I've heard she was at the Facilitators Matters retreat in New Zealand in July. I missed it. I was thinking about going there and um, I couldn't make it happen. Um, But yes, I would like to have her on the podcast. Dave Gray from GameStorming. Who else? Who else? David Finnegan, who is hosting some of the coaching calls from Agent Smart. Um, yeah, I would really like to talk to him. There, there are a lot of people that I would like uh, to talk to. And uh, I will see what is possible for the next 12 months. Yeah. The thing is, um, I could, of course... Um, speed the rhythm and put one episode a week but it's too much work it's too much work and I think I need to breathe in between (laughs) between the recordings and the editing and everything so I will try to keep the each two weeks Um, I will try to have some guests which are 
from different topics like I did and, uh, until now. I have now also a lot of questions um, that are not lost that I will use in other podcasts. I will, uh, I think I will make some solo podcast uh, to talk about what I'm doing, the insights I can give. Um, yeah, now and then it's not so easy for me to talk alone with my microphone. <laughs> and yeah, I think we are coming to the end of this episode and I'm super happy, super thankful, super grateful for everything what happened in this year. And I hope you will be still here in the next 12 months. If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions uh, for guests, please, please, please don't hesitate. Send me an email, reach out to me on LinkedIn, whatever uh, I'm here and I'm always open for new suggestions and if you want to come on the podcast to talk about a specific topic also reach out to me and yes until then I wish you good health success and a lot of happiness au revoir <laughs>